Hi, and welcome to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. On the internet, broadcasting from two shipping containers outside Roberto's Pizza at 261 Moore Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Today's show is produced by Jack Inslee and engineered by Nat Wiener and sponsored by TechServe. TechServe is New York's premier authorized Apple reseller and service provider, serving individual customers, creative professionals, and Fortune 100 companies. TechServe has built a solid reputation on its expertise in technology, sales, and service. As a company that believes in honest and forthright business practices, TechServe is proud to sponsor Heritage Radio Network in the promotion of sustainable lifestyles. I'm Carmen DeVito. And I'm Alice Marcus-Krieg. And we are the Ladies of Groundworks, Inc. We design and build gardens in New York City and the surrounding area. And this show aims to bring the culture to horticulture. And today we're going to be talking about... <laughs> As in, you can lead a horticulture. <laughs> we knew that joke would come up sometime. But you can't make her think. That's right. <laughs> but we can think. Yes, we can. Um, and today we are talking about roof gardens and green roofs in the urban environment. And we have a special guest today, Curtis B. Wayne. And as many of you um, Heritage Radio Network fans know, Curtis is the host of Burning Down the House. No, that's burning. We are burning, burning down, down the, the house. house. Okay, thank you for the <laughs> On correction. On HeritageRadioNetwork.com. <laughs> thank you, Curtis. All right, all right. All right. Um, it's your show. Yes. <laughs> but feel free to interject. Um, so it's a show about architecture that airs right here on HRN on Wednesdays at 7. Is that right, that Curtis? That is correct. Okay, I got one seven thing right. 7 Eastern time. Okay, right. Because we have yeah. listeners. All over the world. All from Latvia to Australia. And Malaysia. We have all some. Over. Yeah. yeah. We love that. Super, super. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, genius of being on the internet, that we are not limited uh, to the radius of broadcast radio, we are uh, planetary. That's right. Good word. Interplanetary. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But before all that, um, Curtis as a, was a graduate of Cooper Union in New York City and Harvard Design School. That is true. <laughs> You're not making uh, that up? Alas. No, you can check it out. <laughs> I haven't checked. I'm going to take your word for well, it. Oh, you um, can call up the registrar and they'll say, oh, yes. Curtis B. Yeah. Wayne. Oh, I yes, hear so he's got a radio oh, program. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, let me, let, 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 me, let me tell you about my background. Uh, I uh, not only have been a licensed architect in various states since 1979, during my collegiate years at Cooper Union, I worked at Terrestris, the indoor plant store right. on the rooftop on East 59th Street for Kent Hunter. And I learned all about ficuses and plants that die and why they die. And that and was all that, the, stuff. that was that beautiful greenhouse that you could see when you came across the 59th Street Bridge. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was it was a wonderful place to live. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about plants before that. I know nothing about plants after that except some of the. Uh, you know the the Latin names like marginata and <laughs> variegata. <laughs> yeah, that, that there you go. It's so sexy. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Terrestris's uh, claim to fame was uh, indoor plants that survive mm -hmm. because uh, they had a plantation of some sort or other. Uh, actually, the owner tried to um, uh, recruit me to be the plantation manager on some key down in Florida. In Florida, right. You know, but I was set to go to graduate school. And he said, oh, you can go to graduate school later. You know, you can scuba. <laughs> I trust you. You hang out. You make sure the shipments go in and they go out. If they had a plant that was sick because the tra uh, tractor trailer loads were full of healthy plants going north, they, they, they would take back the sick plants, send them back to Florida, recondition them and repurpose them and sell them again. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, I don't think that would ever happen today. Um, I know a little bit about I, I the indoor a, industry. I, I think it was a brilliant yeah. uh, uh, business model of how do you uh, Salvage. Keep, keep, yeah. keep your trucks going. But yeah. Um, don't send a truck empty. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Terrestra seems to be long gone. I don't yeah. know what happened to that. I, 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 the fern bar thing of the 70s is, is faded. <laughs> <laughs> but today, as I understand, we want to talk about the, tra- the, the perils of converting your roof to a green roof. Exactly. Yes. And it's yes. not just as easy as, oh, I have a roof. Let me dump some soil on it let and me, get going. Yeah, let yeah. me put some dirt up there and grow a green roof uh, mm-hmm. because... Um, you can't really do that. Now, I understand that you ladies are the wet blanket crew. We, yeah, because we're the ones that say you can't just do that. And you need to know a few things yes, about a few yes. things. And that's why we wanted you on, Curtis, because we need to... Bring some sanity. Bring some sanity. People, It's a buzzword now. And um, when I was thinking about the direction of the show, I was thinking... You know, New Yorkers pay on average $1,000 a square foot mm-hmm. for living space. Absolutely. And that's why they're looking up and looking at all this wasted space, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. previously it was just, you know, wasted. Now they're like, okay, let's turn it into cabanas. Let's make it into an outdoor living room. They, they've they asked us for all kinds of wacky and crazy things. And we wanted to... Um, movies. Yeah. You know, movie screens. Movies, uh, kitchens. Pu- putting greens. Putting you know, greens. private and common. You know, mm-hmm. e- every new condo has to outdo the other in what kind of amenities that they have. So Putting, putting green's pretty easy because AstroTurf's kind of light. Yeah. And you just need a net to capture that ball uh, but, from but, somebody whacking but, it. But inviting your friends over 50 or 100 of them on your roof <laughs> it, yeah. might be problematic. Exactly. And we can... Um, so tell us, what's the first steps, scratch. Curtis? Like, well, how do you go well, let, about it? We need to understand that the uh, New York City Building Code uh, requires that roofs have to re, uh, resist and, 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 and carry the, uh, the, the worst ordinary environmental load, which is an accumulation of snow. Mm-hmm. So any given roof of almost any building is designed to uh, sustain over a prolonged period of time 30 pounds per square foot. Mm-hmm. Now, as you well know, but your listeners may well not know, 30 pounds uh, per square foot of, of soil saturated by water is that's about 4 or 5 inches of, of depth per square foot. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is a great idea. So some of your uh, would-be clients might say, well, wait, we could have four or five inches up there, right? Uh-huh. No. And it, I want a pine tree. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, well, that, now here, here are some basic, uh, basic terms. You might hear about dead load. That's the weight of the structure itself. You don't have to worry about that. Then there's live load. Mm-hmm. Live load is snow load. It's people walking around. Uh, pe- people walking around on your roof to watch a movie. They're, they're movable live loads. Mm-hmm. Takes a lot of people to add up to 30 pounds a square foot over the entire expanse of your roof. And they keep, if they keep moving, you're not going to do damage because it's a uh, short duration load. Uh, these days, we analyze loads over the duration of the load, and something like four or five inches of, of soil, totally saturated with water, is a long-term load, and it leads to long-term weakening of, of the structure. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you have 
soil on your roof, it doesn't mean it's not going to s- snow on top of it. Exactly. And, and, and what's worse is that soil is an insulator. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, buildup, if we had another big blizzard, the buildup of snow and ice, which happens when the sun circles around and melts that snow and turns it into ice, which is a very heavy weight, and it could snow some more on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to melt as quickly because you have the soil as an insulator. Right. Plus, it's true. Everybody, see, I'm sorry, Alice. Go well, ahead. I was going to say, plus you have whatever's holding that soil, which is additional weight. It's a wood container or metal container. Or oh, I, I was thinking more of just you know, uh, putting ge- uh, drainage fabric and geotextile uh, fabric uh, over mm-hmm. your entire roof and just filling it up like the Brooklyn Grange with 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 dirt. Right. Right. Uh, which uh, if you had a, a structure strong enough, does, however, uh, introduce other uh, technical issues such as how do you drain the mm-hmm. water, water, which eventually will percolate through the soil mm-hmm. off of the roof because you don't want standing water mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. One, it's because standing water, if there are any low spots, could attract um, mosquitoes, which mm-hmm. we do have in the New York metropolitan area with their West Nile problems. And it's uh, also just a concentrated dead load, which we would prefer to drain away. We would prefer to have the water freely draining across mm-hmm. that roof membrane because water on an tar- old-fashioned tar paper roof... It's going it, to break it down. And yes, it's going right. to cause it to degrade. Mm-hmm. So how do you determine, Chris, if, if people... People often ask us, how much can my roof bear? How do you go about doing that to determine how much weight it can support to well, begin it, with? It depends on the... It depends on the structure. If mm-hmm. it's a loft building, a, a concrete loft building, we would have to take core samples of the concrete structure, uh, possibly using uh, ground-penetrating radar, which sounds very high-tech, but actually it is more uh, common than you think, to scan to see how much reinforcing is in the reinforced concrete structure, mm-hmm. and uh, working with... Uh, optimally uh, with a structural engineer and not an architect right to determine the 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 ultimate stress mm-hmm. of that structure if it is uh, say in park slope and it's uh, a row house mm-hmm. with brick common walls on either side and wood joists mm-hmm. or beams going across in that roof plane we would have to open up the the ceiling mm-hmm. of the top floor examine the condition, the size, Mm -hmm. the species of the wood that was used as joists, Mm -hmm. and uh, calculate its its probable load-bearing capacity. Right. Uh, That's something that an an architect is competent to handle, Mm -hmm. wood construction, within the parameters vaguely laid out by the insurance companies. Mm -hmm. And... uh, And landmarks. Potentially. Well, potentially, landmarks might want to see the structural calculations, mm-hmm. indeed. Although, in, in some cases, if you're not putting cabanas on your roof, I don't know that landmarks necessarily has jurisdiction. If you just want to have some Kentucky bluegrass up there. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how much do you need, my question for you, how much do you need to support sod? How much soil? 
Well, some people have said as little as three to four inches minimally, but I think you need more than that. I think it's more like six, and it also depends on the soil, the kind of soil. The mix that you use. Yeah. Yeah. Have you you encountered this... um, strange thing called engineered soil oh yes oh yeah like we right. were going to okay. talk about that um All but right. let's say you find out that your roof can only hold you know 30 pounds 30 pounds are there ways to get around that how can you how can you have a green roof and put more weight up there what are the things that could be done well you could open up the ceiling and expose those joists mm-hmm. and with well we have to quickly try to do in like 45 <laughs> seconds uh, a, a primer on structural engineering. You could uh, double or triple up the roof joists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you have a um, a two by eight that's spanning 20 feet mm-hmm. or 25 feet, mm-hmm. two by eight at 25 feet is probably not bearing your 30 pounds in the first place but you could you could double or triple up the uh, the roof joists of course that does require that you have to connect those mm-hmm. joists positively with mechanical fasteners to the side walls mm-hmm. you can't just take a single stick of wood that's two by eight or two by ten and set it on top of uh, right. or, or, or or and sister up uh, two more joists without Here's where the structural engineering comes in, looking at the end reactions, because the load has to be carried back to the side walls mm-hmm. through f- uh, fully bearing connections, not relying on just that original joist, because otherwise uh, that additional bearing capacity, the bending capacity... It's going to buckle, right. W- no, will, will cause the ends of the original joist to start to crush. Mm-hmm. And although uh, older wood... I know this be, becomes a bit arcane, but uh, those of uh, your listeners who are interested can find out some things about this by doing their Google searches. We don't want to. We don't. We don't want to put. Build the, a roof garden on Wikipedia. Well, yeah. Well, or SketchUp. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't want to. You don't want to stress the original uh, joists so that they start to crush. You want to connect the the additional joists into the side walls so that this entire load comes down on your mostly probably if it's an older building uh, brick side, side right. walls okay, we so just did this in Park Slope and we okay. actually put a, a beam across an existing beam so that the load to carry was, the to load to carry the and load yeah. A, big, yeah. a nice big heavy ledger yeah. beam and then we did a whole deck on top of it and we actually did three beams mm-hmm. and then a deck on top of it and you then we do did that. sunken now, now, now you could do that you could do that in the ceiling space of the top floor mm-hmm or you could do it as an upset beam condition above the existing yeah, roof. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say that floating. You can kind of ignore the roof in a way. And, and, and build a whole other structure on that bear it so long as it bears firmly uh-huh. on your sidewalls. Mm-hmm. Next, then you have to look at the bearing capacity of your sidewalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we don't want any multiplex theaters sitting on ancient <laughs> brick <laughs> without looking at the condition of the brick, the condition of the mortar, have leaks degraded the condition of the brick coming down right. over the years? Right. Because not all brick is created equal. Well, and you also have to think about your neighbors below you, that they're going to be affected by this. So if you're in a condo and you have the top space and you think, this is what I'm going to do on my roof. Well, primarily you want to make sure that you are not introducing opportunity for leaks Compromise. into the building. Yes. Right. In yes. which case you are, you know, we're not 
So, well, you're 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 screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think we have to take a break. Uh, you're listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. We'll be right back with Curtis Taylor. Right now, we're going to listen to Wayne. Oh, Curtis, Curtis Wayne. Wayne. I'm sorry, Curtis Taylor. Sorry, he's That's a photographer. Okay. Curtis Wayne. Curtis B. Wayne Architect. Curtis Thank B. You. Wayne Architect. We're listening to the Innocence Mission Rooftop. Welcome back to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. Um, we are here uh, with Curtis B. Wayne talking about load and members. What a sexy show, load. Alice. Load. <laughs> Love to say the word load. Load and members. <laughs> Curtis, tell us more about ways that exactly, we can... Um, the live load. <laughs> live load. The live load. That's what I'm interested in, Curtis. No, I want to know the how... live load. And members. Now, a and great, me- another great way to be able to uh, sustain... Uh, a more robust live load. <laughs> Damn. Is to get into steel. <laughs> Man steel. of steel. It's called a flitch plate. Mm-hmm. If you have Go a, on. If you, <laughs> <laughs> you make a steel sandwich, you take uh, quarter-inch pieces of long pieces of steel and you, you make a, a sandwich. You take the original joist and you put steel on either side and then you put more wood on either side and you have to still be respectful of the end reactions to br- bring that right. load down but steel because it has a, a bending stress of an effective bending stress of 22,000 pounds per square inch in in bending as opposed to even uh, an ancient wood member that might be 1600 Wow. is a, a, you know uh, order of magnitude much 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 stronger right that can be done and uh, and it can be very effective but that means taking down your ceiling and and with a lot of uh, uh, fuckery at the side walls and uh, another approach is to build a secondary structure above the roof let the roof just drain mm-hmm. uh, let the uh, surface of this new uh, structure uh, be slatted like a boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Let the water and the rain and the snow fall through and drain as they previously had. And that can be done in a variety of ways. You can do it with timber, with 2x10, uh, 2x12 two two uh, joists. You can do it with 
rolled sections of steel, but the, but, the, but the drawback of that is that you might have to rent a crane to hoist it up to your roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, we've done that a couple of we've times. Done that yeah, sort of, yeah. We've had to you f- can also do it with what's called cold rolled sections. They're like, uh, if you've ever had cause to walk through a modern high-rise under construction, you'll see that all of the uh, wall studs are rolled light gauge steel. Mm-hmm. Now, we can take that same technology in a heavier gauge of, of steel, like 16 gauge steel, which is an eighth, eighth of an inch thick. They roll it into a section It's a looks like a C in cross-section, and those uh, CJ, or, or cold roll joists, can be easily, because a uh, 20 or 25 foot piece of cold rolled 16 gauge stud weighs five pounds. Mm-hmm. Easily humped upstairs if you have a, a row house. Easily mm-hmm. taken up, and, it be, and it's carpentry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little bit more uh, uh, tedious carpentry than working with wood because you have you know, the steel is hard to cut. It's uh, a little slower to connect with high-strength tech screws and things like that. But a, a structure like that, if it is uh, properly then uh, primed and painted and, and, wa- and, and, and made rust-proof, mm-hmm. could s- easily sit above your roof uh, bearing uh, your Ipe wood or even your Trex uh, mm-hmm. uh, planking upon which you could have uh, pots and planters and... Big, big, hot big, tub. big, big, hot. You, you <laughs> yeah. Could, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. you could do that. Yeah. Uh, above, however, because that is a structure that rises above the level of your roof, it is likely to require whether anyone notices it or not that you should go through the building department, and then the uh, uh, landmarks commission would yeah. want to see whether you could see this from from the, the street, street level. Right. Are you respecting the sky plane requirements, which re- right. which are zoning requirements that make sure that you're not causing shadows on the street? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but that can be done. Let's get into that a little bit more about the um, building codes and fire codes with relationship to um, roof with, gardens. With roof gardens. Well, in most cases, uh, you, well, the basics of of zoning are that lots are are zoned for floor area ratio, which means that uh, you cannot build, you, you may build up to a certain uh, multiplier of the footprint of your, of your lot. Mm-hmm. And you might be in a, a, a FAR where there's a FAR of six, which means that if you have a, a 15,000 square foot plot, you can build six times that in terms of total building area. Mm-hmm. There are also restrictions as to how much clear area you must have in, in, in the rear yard. Mm-hmm. And then there's this thing called the sky plane, which goes up to a certain height, and then there's an angle. And you may not, you may not add building area within that. Mm-hmm. Now, a permanently enclosed structure adds to your FAR. Mm-hmm. So you cannot just blithely go and add a sauna mm-hmm. uh, or cabanas that are occupiable in, in four seasons without respecting the zoning code because permanent structural additions, regardless of how they are undertaken, are subject to the zoning code. Mm-hmm. And that's where 
uh, finding a licensed architect to help you with that can be essential so that you do not, as a building owner, go and spend sixty or $70,000 and find that you uh, can't do you, this. You, yeah. And you must remove it. Mm-hmm. We've, had to, we've been on that side of the coin, too, where we've had to actually deconstruct gardens that were not filed properly yeah. Yeah. and, you know, haul them away. And it was, those are sad days, you know. Sure. Um, it was a nice party while that lasted. Yeah, exactly. But it was temporary. Exactly. Yeah. And it was sad because people invest so much money. Anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about fire code and, and roof gardens. Well, in New York City, yeah. materials that are fastened to the building have to have a certain fire resistance. Mm-hmm. That's why we like using uh, steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, pavers. Well, pavers have to be non-combustible. Mm-hmm. Uh, wood materials have to have a, what's called a class A rating, yeah, of surface combustibility, which really just evolves to it doesn't burn any faster than uh, white oak as a as a cladding material. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can use almost any material if it has been treated to be fire retardant. Mm-hmm. However, in terms of uh, if you were just building a deck on one, on which you were having a few um, potted containers, you could probably use Trex, which is a composite material made out of wood chips that's embedded in plastic, mm-hmm. uh, because it's a it's a wearing material. It's it's an underfoot material, uh, and I think that uh, I'm I'm pretty sure the Trex at least is as good as a class A uh, mm-hmm. trim material. But, you know, it's interesting because we use Ipe. That's like the hot wood now, yeah, Ipe. But, yeah, but Ipe and it, is it, such a hard wood. It has the class A fire rating. It does. But the buildings department still, they're very resistant to give approvals. And then there's the 20% rule, right, of how much of that you material can you can have. Yeah, well... So, so it kind of depends on who you get at the building department sometimes. Yeah, a, I imagine that Brooklyn's harder than Manhattan. Yeah. Because it's just a matter of uh, becoming accustomed to mm-hmm. having seen this stuff before. Yeah. Uh, but then Ipe in itself is not a, a cure-all. It's a, it's a very difficult wood to work. Yeah, it's very, very heavy. Very, yeah. very heavy. It has to be pre-drilled. Hard. Its that's common right. name is ironwood. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a reason. Yeah. yeah. We actually did a show about teak um, mm-hmm. on our show a couple of weeks Ooh, ago. Teak is bad. Teak is... Good luck finding any fo- fo- forest uh, <laughs> stewardship account. FSC well, rated we did. teak. We did. We that's did. why you should listen to our show. Where? In um, Costa Rica? It's diamond teak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's teak is show. great, but you have to oil teak. Yes, you yeah. do. Or it dries out. Yes, you do. People yeah. who have sailboats would know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about green roofs as opposed to roof gardens, which we've spent most of the show on. Green roofs. There's two basic types. There's intensive and extensive. extensive. <laughs> so uh, why don't you, Curtis, as as an architect, explain define those, those terms? Those terms. Oh gee, I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather put you on the spot. <laughs> I think about intensive is uh, maybe six inches of soil, and extensive is maybe up to three feet of soil. Exactly. Uh, are we talking uh, sedums or are we talking uh, trees? Trees and shrubs. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, I think uh, 
from from an architectural point of view, there are really only two considerations as to whether you're going to be extensive or intensive. And one is, what do you want it to look like? Mm-hmm. How are and you going to use the space? T- two is, how are you going to irrigate it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Curtis, because I think a lot of people think that making a green roof is like just transplanting the prairie up into their roof, and then they don't have to do anything. Yeah, but not you know? a, not all plants uh, will live up there without some maintenance and some water. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could have a lawn and, 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 and plant it with uh, ryegrass, and uh, if you have a really hot and dry summer, it's dead. Mm-hmm. Then you just have a bunch of dust blowing around <laughs> yeah <there>. yeah <laughs> which is really and then some melanthus trees two months later in yeah. that nice yeah, yeah. soil yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. which could yeah. compromise your roof membrane eventually uh-huh. you know i but mean these are trees that grow in cement but i'm sure that when you do it when you do it e- even in an intensive garden you have a drainage mat yes. and geotextile fabric yes and, and, and a barrier board over the geotextile yeah. fabric yeah exactly uh, just to keep those roots from getting down into the waterproofing membrane mm-hmm. of the roof mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, which is important, and all of these things will have meaning to your listeners when they go and they do a little research on their own. So they understand, oh yes, 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 yes. We, lo- uh, you know, uh, and it's for the uh, uninitiated client. Sometimes it's difficult to explain why it's important to do it the right way, but it must be done the right way because otherwise the roots will start to get in between. Even if you have a really nice multiply, you know, for want of a better term, uh, tar paper or built-up roof, mm-hmm. the, the, the little root structures oh, yes. will get in between and they will delaminate the roof mm-hmm. and you will start having little drip, 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 drip and it may be dripping over here but the leak may be over 15 feet over there mm-hmm. and that's a horror because then you have to remove the planting material. Yep. Yeah, and good luck. Uh, yeah. yeah, especially with ones that aren't. Now there, there's a couple of many different companies doing it, of course, but there's like tray systems as well as yes, just, you I know. I kind of like the tray systems. I do, we do too. We actually prefer that because I feel like you can access pieces of the roof yeah, if you, you can need pull them up, to. Right. Yeah. You know? But there, that's an, an intensive uh, system. But then you can always have a planter that's got almost a bigger like, planter, like that's, like like, yeah. a, like a, a raised bed garden, right? Like a puzzle piece yeah. almost, so you can get both so, systems. Uh, so we talked about turf, and you, you you think that six inches is is probably what you need overall for the assembly of drainage and and soil. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's important to have that got, drainage layer, yeah, and you got to give that plant, you know, a a, a foundation and a and a a basis to to establish a root base four inches i mean you're going to get brown spots and you're going to be fussing all the time unless you have a good root base now do you have you have you you put deciduous trees on roofs sure we do it all the time in containers in containers and and what are what are good deciduous trees for uh, a roof in the new york area amelanchiers serviceberry um russian olive crabs We've put all kinds of, um, we've put in birches. birches, river birches that can take the heat more than the classic sort of northern species. Uh-huh. Maples. Those, we've been successful with that. Even Japanese maples, it really comes down to irrigation and proper soil and root space. Uh-huh. If you can support, if you can support it with the right watering and good soil, we have a, we have one garden that is you know 25 years old and these trees are living. These roof, yeah, and know? these planters are like eighteen by eighteen by fifteen. They're so, boxes, so, and we have twenty-five-year-old trees. So, what's good soil? Do, do you like clay or not? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We we. I use, like clay because it absorbs water. 
and then it holds it. But it, it there's not good percolation and, and and water drainage though through the clay. So uh, we see. actually prefer um, a mix of a lightweight potting soil and an organic compost. We put a lot of compost in containers. And a lot of times also we will will build a container that has a false bottom <clears throat> that is basically the first, you know, from the bottom up the first three to four inches, five inches is um, packing peanuts with landscape fabric, so that there's adequate you, yeah, drainage. Yeah, I was going to ask you about vermiculite. Yeah, to yeah. make your soil more lightweight. Yeah, and we, yeah, yeah. we mix it ourselves on site usually, Curtis, uh-huh. because we uh-huh. like a certain mixture. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of products that are already pre-mixed, but we like to make it kind of specific to the plant species that we're working with Mm -hmm. so we'll add or subtract compost based on like if we're doing a huge herb garden we put less compost if we're doing deciduous trees we put more okay so my next question is what about uh uh lumbricus terrestris do you insert earthworms Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, w- we find them there. I mean, we, I, we don't insert. I've well, never insert them, but well, I would think as an uh, aeration thing, it would be almost a, a given that you would have to. Yeah, well, insert some some worms. In we've there. never done worms, but we've certainly have introduced um, ladybugs and oh, cool. You know, into gardens nice. and um, praying mantis and and but, the compost that we get. Probably has some earth. We end up like you know six Getting months or a year later. Yeah. They're yeah. they're in there uh-huh. already, and it's quite astounding to see that up on a roof. You know. Yeah. So if you want to. Um um, unfortunately, we're getting to the end of our show. Your shows and, are too short. And we're just getting into the plant part, which is fun. We'll have to do Up on the Roof, too. Yeah. 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 We yeah. can do we'll that. have you back, Curtis. Well, so this is why I do an hour-long show. Because yeah. It, it, you know, it's just like when you start to you get into it. Just start going, but, you know. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody. You were listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network, and our guest was Curtis B. Wayne, who also has a show called Burning Burning Down Down the House. House. Wednesdays, Eastern Time, here at Heritage Radio Network. Maybe next time we'll be on your show. Yes, well, maybe we'll do... from your roof to green roof as part of burning down the house. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. great. You'll have to be prepared to s- speak for an hour. Uh, we can do it. Can you do it? We can definitely <laughs> right. do it. All right. Next time with beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Heritage Radio Network and We Dig Plants. Thanks to Roberta's Pizza at 261 Moore Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And to TechServe as our sponsor. The show is produced by Jack Inslee and engineered by Nat Wiener. Join us on Facebook, Groundworks Inc. We Dig Plants. We'd love your feedback and we'll be posting some great resources for rooftop gardening. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Curtis. Have a good day. Thank you.